slow. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right, hello and welcome in to another edition of Commissioner's Corner. Finally back at it, and joining me this week is the one, the only, Paul Sheffield, Daddy P, in the presence. Paul, want to congratulate you first and foremost on the news of your second child due in April, as you just filled me in. Do we have a gender yet, or will that be a surprise? Uh, It won't be a surprise. We don't have a gender yet. We will find out on our 20-week ultrasound, which is December 6th. Is there any part of you pulling one way or the other? Obviously, you're going to love the child the the same amount no matter what, but do you have any sort of a preference if if it were up to you? Yes. Um, I am on, this will be posted in places, so I probably can't do that if I have the opposite gender and they hear it down the road, but I will say (laughs) I want a girl. Okay. Okay. I like hearing that. Yeah. One one boy, one girl. How's Bear doing? Bear's doing good. He just woke up from a nap, so I'm using his room um, as the recording studio today. Awesome. And is he going to be in attendance for Tyler's second attempt at a beer mile? Honestly, he might. Uh, he <laughs> might because uh, he was. He's hoping for something a little shorter than what happened last time. Um, I think Bear was thinking of like a 12 minute thing, and it ended up going for. I, I can't even remember how long yeah, the last year mile took. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think Bear's hoping for a little bit of uh, progress with uh, Tyler now having to run it. Yeah, well, I, I do remember Bear being there and actually having to take a nap in the middle of Randall's run. So yeah. hopefully this year we can expedite that a little bit for him. But it's a pleasure to have you on Commission Corner, obviously a long hiatus on the podcast, and there's no one else we would rather talk to than the most controversial owner in the league. Um, I want to start off here, Paul. So because it's been such a long layoff, what to you has been the most shocking part of this football season? And that can either be in the league or in the NFL season. Kind of what are your biggest surprises from the year? Uh, NFL season would be the Bills maybe not being in a top 12 football team. Right. Oh, that loss to the Broncos was astounding. Obviously, there was a missed field goal, but... Even so, they should not be in that position, it doesn't feel like. No, they shouldn't be in that position. Denver's better. That's another, I guess, storyline. But Denver's actually turned around pretty quickly. But Denver's, like, probably their easiest opponent the next four weeks, uh, four or five weeks. And so I just – I the Bills just don't look good. And it seems like chemistry's not there in the locker room. Um, They fired their offensive coordinator. So, I don't know. The Bills team – is looking pretty sketch on the fantasy front. The I was looking at it this morning. The wide receivers, for the most point, I'm not gonna say it's chalk, but like if you draft, if you tried to draft the top 12 wide receiver aside from injuries, you probably are feeling okay about your wide receiver aside from like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who those ones were already kind of being drafted at their ceilings. And then right. with chemistry issues and quarterback issues, that's the only reason they're not doing well. Outside of them, wide receivers have been pretty chalk uh, when it comes to draft, whereas running backs is completely all over the board. Unless you have Christian McCaffrey, 
and maybe Austin Eckler now that he's healthy, you don't necessarily feel great about your uh, top three round draft pick running back. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting at the running back position because I know we all have realized like the NFL is going more to running back by committee. But at the same time, even by committee, teams just aren't running the ball that effectively, it feels like this year. And I know it's a pass first league now, but I still feel like there was always a top five that were clearly, you know, Derek Henry is a great example. That would get there. 1500 yards and it doesn't feel like we're going to have many of those backs going forward and even McCaffrey I mean he's a fantasy god but at the same time it's not like he's rushing for 120 a game it's it's a combination of receiving and and running um and I'm curious how that's going to impact drafts going forward you know uh are we going to see wide receivers taken especially when you see a guy like someone I shit on early in the draft and then unfortunately Derek traded about like a Keenan Allen who we gave up on and now he's what top easily top 10 I would imagine if yeah not, I think I he's top five. yeah he might be higher than that it's uh it's just pretty crazy and it, when you go to the running backs even I was looking at my guy Kyron Williams who's still the RB 15 and he hasn't played for four weeks exactly uh, yeah and uh Devon Achan Chan is I think RB 20 um, and he hasn't played in forever either and didn't get playing minutes until uh, week three. And he's a top 20 uh, running back. And those are like, those are two waiver wire guys. Those two guys are hurt and they're still top 20 running backs and they haven't played in weeks. It's unbelievable, really. And then Josh Jacobs, who I also have, um, I'll talk about my fantasy team a lot on this podcast, as you can tell. But um, I've just kind of been disappointed with him for the most part. People were trying to send me low ball offers. Do you know where he ranks on RBs this season? No. Where is he top? RB- RB5. No shit. Josh Jacobs yes. is RB5. I would have, honestly, my guess would have been like 22. You know, like Correct. he's been yeah, pretty he's, unspectacular. Yeah. Correct. And he's RB5. It's just, uh, it's things like that that are just odd about the season and just shows you, unless you have Christian McCaffrey, kudos to Derek, but that's also his only good player. But unless you have <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, you're not feeling great about your uh, running backs. So if you feel like you're weak on the running back, it's kind of because everyone feels that way. Yeah, we do have to give props to Derek, who, in an announcement that I meant to make in the intro, it's going to be a double feature. We're going to talk to Paul here for about a half hour, 40 minutes, and then we're going to have Derek on tomorrow. I'll blend the episode together, as you'll hear, but excited to talk to both of you. But kudos to Derek big time, because I was shocked he didn't pick Justin Jefferson. And, of course, an injury doesn't really make it right. But at the same time, McCaffrey's been a beast yet again. 100%. stayed relatively healthy. Um, so uh, it's pretty impressive that he was able to have the stones to pull that one off. Someone I know, especially I, <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's 100 because I was like, Justin Jefferson is the only pick, and Dang. Derek's team would be really screwed if he didn't. Yeah, he would be in, in maybe minor Tyler's position if, if that were the case. Yeah, um, real yeah. quick before we dive into more about Tyler here, I want to get your thoughts on the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey relationship because you are. A T Swift stand um, and always have been, and I'll have always, you know, fought for her and her shifts between country, pop, all of her music. You've you've been number one on the uh, Swifties. So curious what you think because I initially gotta say thought it was a publicity stunt. It does seem like there's actually a budding romance there. What are your thoughts of that relationship and Kelsey going down to Argentina, and then of course. The headline that swept the nation, Taylor Swift changing lyrics in her song to include unbelievable. Uh, the guy on the Chiefs. It could it still? I guess my question is, 
could it still be a publicity stunt? I'm but still not convinced. You have to think so. You have to think yeah, it could still definitely be a publicity stunt. Because I think she was like, what, how can I grow my audience even more than it being the biggest audience in the world? And she's like, oh, you know what? I'll draw in, I'll draw in the football crowd. And um, I'll pick one of the faces of the NFL on one of the best teams in the NFL and just date him. And then I'll um, show my face next to one of the only wives in the NFL who also is like show's face and befriend her in Brittany Mahomes. I am still convinced it's a publicity stunt. It also could be just one of those things where it's a publicity stunt and also a relationship right. that kind of started as a publicity stunt. But Travis Kelsey is a very, very handsome man. Um, so I, it could be one of those things where um, instead of her dating a tuberculosis victim, she actually is dating a jock for once. <laughs> She does have a tendency to go for really frail, skinny guys. So yeah, it's, it is, it's quite the switch up. Do you think if you're a Chiefs player right now, does it impact your thoughts towards Travis Kelsey at all, like in his performance? Or is that the media trying to dig in a little too far? It, I mean, yes. In the, the storyline, it's great that Travis Kelsey not having this good of the season because of it. But it's also Travis Kelsey is getting older. They, it seems like there's maybe a little bit of minutes put on him a little bit and he's still one of the top three best tight ends of all time. Um, right. And he, he'll probably still have a great end of the season. It's just, he's not having, he was a league winner last year and the year before, and he just might not be that this year for where he was drafted. Right. And if I'm a player that I will say it would trouble me a tiny bit that he's traveling to Argentina during the bye week but at the, at the same time, he's earned kind of the right to do whatever he wants. It's like if LeBron goes off to wherever during an injury it's like yeah well totally. what are you going to say about the guy that produces more consistently than anyone ever has in the history of the game so it's it's yeah one of the you know the backup linemen can't really say shit to travis kelsey no 100 <laughs> percent. and yeah and just like travis kelsey being a top three tight end i'd put lebron james is probably a top 10 uh player all time it's kind of like in football 10. i would too no yeah. it, in top basketball basketball top 10 in football i agree yeah top Top 10 in basketball. It's one of those things, like, it's very heavily debated who would be the best. Um, but you you definitely could squeeze him in the top 10. <laughs> definitely might be able to eat him in there. Um, one person you can't put in the top nine, at least, is our very own Tyler Baggerstoss. So mm. I want to I chat to you real quick about what's taken place in Tyler's season. As we remember, week one, Tyler came out with a, an easy dub. And honestly, during our podcast, I think we rated him two or one, two, or three in the power rankings. Yeah, that's um, correct. Because, you know, the funny thing is you look at his team, it's really not bad as we were chatting about before the pod. But to see a nine-game losing streak in fantasy football is some sort of an anomaly. Because as Tyler's pointed out, he is getting screwed at every turn in this season. Like, my team, as we all know, uh, we pride ourselves on defense. But yet, when I play Tyler... I become the greatest show on turf, lost at, you know, uh, St. Louis Rams from back in 2001 and put up 150. And then he's kind of dealt with that week in, week out. What are your thoughts on how Tyler's season's gone? And as we now know, he's locked up the beer mile. Congratulations to him for being the first two-time runner of the beer mile. Um, have you been shocked at all by what's transpired with his, with his season? Um, yes, I am shocked first off i when he texted me right after the trade in week one he's like hey what do you think of the trade and i responded with 
I think the trade is fine. You gained wide receivers, but your running backs make my sphincter tighten. And, um, and Brees Hall for a minute looked like he was going to be really good, but then the Jets have just kind of fallen apart. Devontae Adams has the locker room issue uh, with the team. Um, hopefully that does turn around, but there's just no one that stands out on his team um, anymore. You, uh, you hope that Jameer Gibbs at this point starts to play a little bit better, but Christian Watson is like a drop candidate, and that was someone that he was high on, and he's stuck with Justin Jefferson on the IR. You can't predict that. Um, so he, yeah, he's just screwed, and he now has to be labeled as has to be labeled as one of the worst owners in the league, and that can't be debated. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, I, I it's worth mentioning, obviously, as you just did, that Justin Jefferson being out basically the whole year, not the whole year, but most of the year has been a critical blow to Tyler's team. Would you in his position, and it's easy in hindsight, but let's say you're one in four, one in five, are you starting to look at deals for Jefferson or are you writing out, hey, when this guy's back, he can win the games by himself in a week? Um, do you think Tyler held on a little too long or is it just one of those players with so much talent you can't really argue keeping him on the roster? Yeah. Those are good questions. Um, I hindsight's 50 50. I understand keeping Justin Jefferson. He should have tried to trade him. Um, but I am always scared to trade really good players as well. And I think he maybe was kept hoping that he really was going to start winning games. Cause if you look at his scores, he's right. He doesn't, he usually doesn't score the lowest. He's usually on the lower half. Um, but his team given different circumstances, uh, could be five and five as yes, the evidence by absolutely. the points for. So um, you got to feel bad for him, but uh, it just has not, not gone his way. And like you said, I think, I think what we're seeing with Tyler's team is kind of a classic fantasy faux pas that most of us have made. And I think actually Jack deserves credit for being one of the better owners at this, but he has a lot of good players on bad offenses. Um, yeah, totally. And that is something that, kills you in fantasy, even though, you know, you look at Devontae Adams, who you already mentioned, even James Cook now with Buffalo, that offense isn't yeah. super explosive, Brees Hall, the, the guys you've already mentioned. Um, and then you you miss on guys like Christian Watson, Calvin Ridley. It is a recipe for disaster there pretty quick, but I can't blame him much for what he's done with his roster. He just keeps getting screwed um, by his matchup, I guess. And so, was just curious kind of what you thought there because, again, a nine-game losing streak, I think, has to be – did Derek really go defeated one year? Yeah, he did, and that was the year that he was saying he didn't really pay attention. It was like year three or four in the league. Right, and so, I do remember uh, we, we did almost kick him out of the league for that, and I'll talk to yeah. him about that in the second half of this pod. But outside of that, this is one of the worst seasons we've ever seen, and I, I think it's the yeah. biggest anomaly again because I don't feel like Tyler's – given up or made bad moves. He even picked up CJ Stroud, who's been obviously uh, unbelievable the last couple weeks. Like, I almost feel Unless bad, he wins him, but I'm really happy that he's running the beer mile and not me. So, hundred percent. Unless he wins the next three games, though, we have to ask ourselves if this is the worst fantasy performance from an owner in what I consider the golden era of uh, our fantasy league. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I, it's to go one and nine on a nine game lose streak. That's the longest lose streak I think we've seen since Derek's season. Um, and again, if we throw that out, um, 
it's the long like for someone that's trying this is the longest lose streak ever i think before this was a, a an eight game lose streak so right. um and yeah it's one it, like in fantasy football the reason i'm so shocked by it is he could almost blindly set his lineup and win a yes. game of nine straight weeks and it's yes. not like it's again i don't blame him for his lineup choices because i we've all struggled with that but it's just so crazy that there hasn't been one week where he wins 80 to 65, you know, just something yeah. like that. Yeah. So excited to see Tyler take his attempt at the beer mile. Do you sense a new record in the making for the beer mile? Well, I mean, he's the, he's poised for it. He had a great first run, uh, paced himself well, one of the better drinkers in the group. Um, and he, again, he had a pretty good run. He didn't throw up. So, um, he he's probably the official record holder now to be quite fair because obviously i had a little digestion issue during my run um and john finished right at 12 minutes so i think tyler's actually the record holder right now uh, so but he's basically just trying to dethrone himself at this point so right um and if he keeps up how he played this year he'll have lots of other opportunities to keep himself, <laughs> so well said well said and in terms of keeping up what's happened in the past i want to move on to obviously daddy p versus uh the one and only rocks it's now 14 and 0 13 and 0. Uh, i think i think it's 13 and 0 espn hasn't updated it so i think it still says 12 and 0 but uh for all yeah, of the purposes after this it's 13 and 0. yeah so, so talk about again another unlikely situation taking place and the fact that it's you versus derek can you give us your thoughts about that matchup and what's taken place winning 13 games in a row is as crazy as losing nine straight in one season 100% 100% I uh and I don't want to talk poorly of Derek like he's a great friend of mine I love the kid um but it's karma <laughs> for what exactly because I feel like Derek's never really done you wrong Oh, thank you, Connor. Thank you for asking. I was thinking about this today. I was walking this morning and I was like, I have, I have nothing against Derek. Why do I feel this? And then a core memory struck me, Connor. Um, oh. A core memory struck me. Yeah. So um, it was, what was the year that I told on you for um, saying the F word? Oh, yeah. That was a third grade or third something? grade. Third grade. Okay. Because so, I had to go to the I counselor every day after that. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. I think it was third grade. It could have been second grade. And this is great. It's a spooky story, kind of a little past spooky season. But uh, uh, it was the second or third grade, Halloween. And I get on the bus and Derek's dressed up as like a purple or magenta um, skeleton. And I come in, my mom made me a homemade pirate costume. And I get on the bus and as you are in second and third grade, everyone looks at your costume. And I thought everyone looked at my costume highly. Wow, what a great pirate. And Derek's, Derek, I sit next to Derek, who I sat by every day. And Derek goes immediately, he says, oh, yeah, when I got on the bus, everyone was just so impressed with my costume. And I go, oh, really? He goes, yeah, when you got on, everyone was like, oh, who's that? Is he dressed up as a grandma? What is he dressed up as? And it really hurt my feelings, and it made me feel bad for my mom, especially because I was like, my mom worked really hard on this costume, and I realized yeah, this costume, and it, and Derek was mean to me. And you don't really think of Derek as a mean guy. He's a really nice guy. But in that moment, I realized I'm going to own this kid in fantasy football for the next 30, 40, 50 years. 
And um, so I think that was uh, when you look look back to it, I think it was second or third grade, whenever that moment was when he started making fun of my costume, that was a homemade costume versus his Costco uh, store-bought costume. That is the moment that I think the fantasy gods were like, we need to punish this kid. And so that's why he's known as one of the worst Lug owners, as well as uh, literally my son. <laughs> That's an incredible story and an incredible foresight from you in third grade to know that you were going to dominate him in the league we started junior year onward uh, for the next, like you said, 30, 40, 50 years. I am curious, uh, is this winning streak against your arch nemesis, where does that rank in terms of life accomplishments? Obviously below the birth of your child right now. Uh, and, and, Close. and probably your second child, I would imagine. But where does this rank for you? Because it is one of the greatest athletic achievements I've ever witnessed personally. No, it's true. And if you think about it, like I used to think about it as this like great achievement and that he's my arch nemesis. And I can't even really think about it this like that anymore. It's like uh, it's like when you when you hold a pen out and drop it, it falls to the ground. It's just something that exists in nature. <laughs> And so it's changed my mindset a little bit from this idea of an accomplishment to something that just is, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's like you're saying, it's kind of a law of the universe. Like, yep, gravity exists, the world keeps spinning, Paul beats Derek. That's kind of yep. exactly how the, the list goes. So, yep, 100%. It, it, so, yeah, I, I'm very, I, it is something I'm very happy about. Just like we should be very, very happy about gravity. There's a lot of things that, um, that work because of gravity. And so it is something that I feel like is an accomplishment and that I'm happy about. But at this point, it's just kind of, you can't even call something someone a nemesis when there's really no like yin and yang or up right. and down. It's just, it's just pound town every single time. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a rivalry when only one side wins. Uh, I guess that's, yeah, that's a exactly. Um, do you think that or I guess let me reframe that. Are you nervous when you play there because of the win streak and wanting to keep it going? Or is it something that, like you just mentioned, is kind of, hey, whatever happens, happens, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep winning? Yeah, I don't think I'm, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, he's ever going to win. So it's not really something that I'm nervous about. If on the off chance he does, it'll take, like I said before, if we go 50% for the next however many seasons if we go one win every other year it'll take him now at this point 13 years there no it'll take him 26 years to catch up so there's never going to be a time a again. yeah so um if we if he goes 500 against me for the for eternity it'll take 26 years for him to catch up and maybe a little bit under if we happen to play each other twice in a season so let's call it 20 years to catch up so I it's not that. really yeah, it's not, there's not really anything um, that I feel about it. It's just, again, something that is. And how early on in the season do you start crafting your victory text to there? Because those are always masterpieces, as we, we've we all witnessed. Um, is that something that comes off the top of the head, or are you taking notes throughout the year of where you can kind of jab and attack? Yeah, all, great question, Connor. I really appreciate um, the question, because it is a craft that I think, not only being one of the best Lug owners, I have to be known as one of the best uh, Lug trash talkers, if not the best. And so it's something that I would say is more, um, as, the, as the weekend starts to progress, I think about the things that I could say. 
And so it is something that is crafted not months in advance, but probably within a few hours to a couple of days, depending on how the matchup's going. So it is something that's um, that's not just spurred. It's something that is thought out a little bit, yes. And you've been able to perfect it over time, obviously. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. Because again, if it's a close win, I want to give credit where credit's due. Um, but typically, <laughs> it's just... Uh, sure, I it's just yeah. <laughs> I will say, you, you that's really a title you... That's a, the title of best trash talker you could take without an asterisk. That's something yeah. I think that you rightly deserve to have in your possession. Um, what, is, what is it that Derek used to do? Because I feel like he has to do this every time he loses to me. It goes like this, right? It goes, me, you, him, everybody. Yeah. yeah, he used to go, you, he always did that little uh, fake F noise. Yeah, exactly. Me, <laughs> you, I, him, everybody. It was, uh, I knew this year mattered quite a bit to him, especially with the hot start he had when he had to take a week off of the group text to even respond. So yeah, excited yeah. to get his thoughts here in the second half of the, the pod. But want to get more of your thoughts around where the Lou sits currently. As we know, everyone is basically within one game of each other outside of Tyler, uh, where yeah. Yeah, I think the worst record is five and five, right? And then yeah. West is six and four. And, uh, and, and, and via my text, there is a chance this week the off, off, off most chance that everyone in the loop besides Tyler could be six and five. Which is insane. And I, I got to give credit to our league. Like you said, you called it the golden era of the loop. And we've been in this, I think, for the last couple of years as people have been out of school, less going on in life or, you know, I guess not less going on, but we now use fantasy football as a refuge for our own personal time, right? And the loop has been incredible at how close we keep it year in and year out. Yes. There's usually one, two, or three outliers, right? There's always yep. the bottom of the barrel. But outside of that, and I think this was Kyle's point suggesting maybe we add in the wild cards if possible next year, maybe on sleeper, we'll see. Um, but that the record doesn't always speak for how competitive, you know, the teams that miss the playoffs are and how close yep. we are. Um, and so I'm curious here, as to if you've been surprised by any performances out of team, I guess, actually, you know what? We're going to scratch that. Everyone's so close, it's hard to say that. Let's dive into, into the power rankings themselves because I don't know how you're going to rank these ones. We're going to let you go solo on this. Um, okay. So we'll let you start here with number 10, and then you don't have to dive too deep into teams if you don't want, but give us a little rationale behind why each person's ranked where they are. Yep, I think number 10 is easy. We're all thinking it. Um, we could almost skip it because it's just what everyone's thinking. So we're going to put Derek at number 10. <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> and I wish I was joking, but I actually think Derek has the worst team. Um, yeah, when you and... look at his roster, it's, it's thin. And the last week's trade, I didn't mind as much as Cooper seemed to because that was no, fair. Was fine. Yeah. But... But to trade everyone and then sit Hollywood Brown, that part I didn't understand because he said he was going for the tandem. Granted, it wouldn't have worked out great for him, but I was a little confused by that. Yeah, okay, but who? so I think this is – it's hard. It's like to justify a trade or not justify a trade. I think it was a fine trade to Derek. Derek has Sam Laporta. He doesn't need David Njoku. And Derek has two fine QBs. 
and Kyler Murray now and Justin Fields. So Derek was trying to get rid of a quarterback that he didn't need. He basically just, yeah, traded wide receiver for wide receiver. Um, so, but that didn't that didn't really change Derek's team better or worse. Um, Derek's team really only has um, Sam Laporta, who's kind of not been as good recently, um, and Christian McCaffrey going for it. And I don't think Kyler Murray is going to be a top four quarterback. I think he could be top ten for the rest of the league. But outside of Christian McCaffrey, you don't have a ton of talent on that team, unfortunately. And again, I actually do want to give Derek credit. If you looked at his team before the season. Um, it's actually a really good looking team um, in high, like when you draft. He has Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who neither of them have panned out like they thought. In fact, Chris Olave might not even be the wide receiver one for that team, which is just wild. Um, so, and his best wide receiver now is probably the waiver wire pickup of uh, Adam Thielen, which is just crazy to say. So, I really do think Derek's team. Um, is one of the three worst and I'm putting it as the worst in this both because it's on brand and two, because I do kind of believe that he might have the worst team. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, imagine this roster without Christian McCaffrey. That's, that's right. That's rough when you look at it and you mentioned it already, but definitely got some bad breaks looking at like Garrett Wilson. That should have been a bigger year. Um, yeah, I believe he traded Randall for Garrett Wilson, though. So there's also been some dis- yeah, he did. He, yeah, there's been yeah, some misfortune in how Derek's traded players this year. I don't yeah hate any of the deals he's made; they just haven't panned out. Um, yeah, totally. Okay, who do you have at nine? Uh, nine, I will go, and he might be mad about this because he might think his team's better than this. Um, record aside, though, I do think Tyler is nine. I don't and, think Tyler really has much ground to be mad about where he gets ranked, unfortunately. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and we've talked and about Tyler a lot. I just think the record can't be discredited. <laughs> no, his team really isn't like, I, I actually do think his team is better than Derek's if you look at it on paper. Um, and it, I think even point total wise, Tyler has scored more points. So I think it's not crazy to say that Tyler's team um, is one of the worst and he has good players though. He has CJ Stroud. who He got a waivers at one point in the season. Who's been awesome. Um, Devonte Adams is still one of the probably five best receivers in the league. So every week you have to be scared of him. He just usually won't perform because their quarterback situation sucks. Um, and then outside of that, there's just not a whole lot of talent, but um, Brees Hall has been disappointing. He has, a, again, he has a good team that, before the season, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, this could be a great team. And it just hasn't panned out. He's better than one and nine, but I think um, if we ran the league over 20 times, he'd still be a probably bottom three team. Miss out on the playoffs. Yeah. I got to give him some credit because uh, his trade for Jameer Gibbs has been pretty awesome since Jameer Gibbs has taken the lead in the backfield. He has averaged over 20 points per week. So um, just want to give him a small shout out there for that one. And I think he gave up Nico Collins, who's been pretty good for yeah. him. But at yeah. the same time, Jameer Gibbs is looking like that back we were told he was going to be and that he used a 12th pick on like the Lions did. So small yeah. shout out to Tyler there for, for that trade. I think that worked out really well for him. Unfortunately, he hasn't, hasn't come up in wins. But who do you have at number eight? Uh, number eight uh... – is the team with the lowest amount of points this season, which Let's is go. none other, which is none other than you. 
Um, but again, if you look at your team, a lot of guys, part of the reason that your team is one of the lowest scores is Joe Burrow took like four weeks yeah. to get healthy. Austin Eckler has been hurt. I want to note it because I think people forgot Nick Chubb got hurt in like week two and he was on my team or week three or four. Oh, or okay. That's also good. To, yeah. So again, those are all people forgot that. Because, Walker should be yeah. My yeah. Which is crazy if you think about it. Um, cause you have probably two of the strongest running back duos in the league which is crazy considering you had another running back that was better than both of them. Um, and then why your team I think is higher than the other two teams is because CD lamb has um, defined himself as now one of the probably four best wide receivers in the league. Um, and he again kind of had a slow start, but uh, he's been really, really good. Oh, and you have Zach Moss on your bench. Yeah. So your team, your team is, your team's good uh, despite it not having um, a ton of points. Again, a lot of that can be equated to injuries and slow starts for certain players. So, and, um, and I just have some chest. A lot of it, I I have benched the wrong guy a lot of those early weeks. I've been better. I've been kind of hot as of late, but early on, like Zach Moss was sitting on my bench with twenty five to thirty points. Yeah, three weeks in a row. Like I, it's there's been some ownership mistakes, but yeah, hey, we battle on anyway. With with that in in the middle of power rings, I will go to a side to say. Sleeper has a cool thing every week that comes out. And it, one of the stats is owner that had like the best, the like uh, played the best in that, like they made the most right, right picks on starters and owner who like lost the most amount of points by not choosing the right starters. It's kind of an interesting little stat. Ooh, to look I at. like that. I, I, know, they I kind feel of pretty strongly week. that if we can transfer our league history, then everyone's going to be on board with moving to sleeper. I know. I, cause again, in my league that I, hush hush do it is fun i still am not used to it as much but i don't really care about that league as much so i'm not learning it like i am right. on our espn thing but i think if we learned it it would actually would be better but aside from the point now am i doing am i at seven seven all right this is a tough one um hey i need to look at another team quick to see Ooh, yeah this, this is all all by some time this is i think me derek and tyler are pretty solidified as the three yeah. worst performing teams and then i think from here on out it really gets nitpicky about who you yeah want it does for, especially when you look at records but just as the team rosters look it, this is where it starts getting a little tedious on who you want to put where i think i other than his just uh uh irrational trash talking i think he does need he does belong in a spot and that's john fishback um and his team's fine there's not much to be said about it his team is fine he has multiple cincinnati receivers he got jerome ford who was a great waiver pickup um he has zay flowers who is the baltimore team is just kind of hard to bet on he has a fine team there's no one that really stands out to me i think the problem with his team that i see is you always want to look at who's the best talent on the team and his best talent is Stefan Diggs, who obviously is a great wide receiver. I don't know how many times I can say someone's a top five receiver, um, but he's one of the best receivers in the league. And there's just no chemistry clearly right now between him and uh, Josh Allen. And so that would worry me about John's team. Um, so that's why I think I'm going to put John's team where it's ranked. Um, it also doesn't help that he scored 65 and a half points last week. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got to say, like, with his receivers in general, I I feel like he's in that tough position of trying to figure out who to play each week outside of Stephon Diggs. 
Um, and it's, you know, you got guys, Amari Cooper, T Higgins, Chris Godwin, Nico Collins, like they're all great, you know, good receivers. They're all fine. But, yeah. But it's hard to pick the right matchup and you have to get it almost perfect week by week. Cause one guy's going to have 15 and one guy's going to have two and a half, you know, fantasy yep. points. And so he's in a position that I know a lot of us deal with week to week, but it's also a, a tough one because those are all basically the same caliber of guy. Uh, and you're yeah. just hoping you get the one that scores a touchdown. Yep. hundred percent. I agree with it. And then I think next, again, everyone's pretty even. I think I'm going to put Jack here. So it's Jack, no, Jack's five and five. I was like, did I just pick two, six and three teams? But I do think Jack is, where are we at in the rankings? Are we at six or five? Six. Yeah. Six. Okay. Yeah. So I think Jack's six. Um, oh, he's, he's five six and five. And You're good. Yeah, no, he's five and five. And I think he's sixth in points too. So that makes me feel like it's a pretty accurate ranking of him. I always have to look at my biases, some people I like and don't like, and Jack and you <laughs> being two of the people I like least in this league. I've got to be careful if I'm just not, I'm not being blind to it. But um, Jack has, Jack does have a lot of talent and a lot of boom potential, which is good. Um, but his team is – I think his team is just fine, and that's about it. Yeah, and he's also gone through a stretch here. You know, he started, I think, three and one. Um, and I, I think he started. I think he started four and one, and has lost. And he finally beat David. Um, here, let's see. He, he no, you're right. He started four and one, then lost four straight, and then just got back on the winning yeah. uh, trail last week. And his team has slowly declined points wise, like uh, during his losing streak, and even during his win yesterday. I don't think he scored over a hundred very often. Um, no, exactly. So that's that. Jack has a Jack has a extremely deep team though which is really good about it like he has a ton of players that he can plug and play um so at one point we thought jack had like one of the least deep teams and now if you look at it i think it's one of the deeper teams in the league yeah i by by name recognition i agree but also looking at average points for the season based on a lot of his guys i i feel like he would if they were performing to the level we we expect a guy yeah. like Damian Pierce, who's been injured, but a guy like Jarek McKinnon is so, you know, that has to be a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon sucks. Yeah, he 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 has to be a touchdown. And then um, even Tank Dell and Deontay Johnson, like Tank Dell's come alive recently, as we all know. Deontay Johnson. I like both with, of them. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I'm not here to dispute that those aren't great players, like, in the NFL. I'm just saying, like, I don't trust the Steelers' offense or shit, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's so a little bit curious. We got to give him credit. He got it right with Jonathan Taylor. So I'll give him that. Um, who do you got at five? Five. I have. I really like this team, but uh, I am going to put it at five. I have Cooper. Uh, Cooper's team is pretty scary. Um, he has a lot of guys that have underperformed, and his team is still one of the best teams in the league. Um, he has well I, by underperformed. I guess I'm really just looking at DK Metcalf. Everyone else has um, been better than where he probably drafted them, including Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, um, and Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's like the RB four, four or yeah. six. Yeah, Brian, he's been really he's, good. He, yeah. So, um, in fact, he's playing Brian Robinson flex. That's how strong his uh, running back core is. And um, I really wanted to try and figure out how to get Tajay Spears, but there's a there's a scenario where Tajay Spears comes to full fruition at the end of the season with Derrick Henry starting to fall off a cliff. 
Um, and so there's a, he has three really good running backs and has a potential to have four really good running backs. Um, and then he has Jordan Addison on his bench as well. Who's been a really good wide receiver. Um, I guess where he's lacking is wide receivers, but he has a lot of plug and play wide receivers that can be fine. Yeah. He's a, he's a team I'd be a little, little bit weary of come playoff time. I don't love yeah. the DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin starting wide receiver. As no. you just mentioned. I almost like Jordan Addison more than maybe Terry McLaurin. Despite I'm looking at, I'm wondering if he, uh, if he hasn't set his lineup yet, because it looks like Jack hasn't set his lineup either. So this Correct. might be for matchup reasons from last week. Yep, you're probably right there. Who do you have at four now? Uh, four, um, I am going to go – man, I need to look at these two teams quick. Do your thing. Just as a reminder, four. we have David, Randall, Kyle, and yourself left. Oh, yeah, I know. I know who's left. Um, I think I'm going – I like both these teams about the same. I'm going to do one more look. Yeah, I'm going to do Kyle. Kyle at four. Uh, or yeah, Kyle at four, which is basically where he is every season. He's between three and five <laughs> every season. There's a shot. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for the kid, but um, that's just it. I love the B. John Robinson from the start of the season, and the guy has just, they forgot that they drafted him in the first round. Um, he has a lot of, uh, he has a lot of talent on his team. I don't think it's a winning championship roster. I think it'll be a anywhere from third to fifth place roster, which is typically where he ends up. I I gotta say with Kyle, he's he nailed the Keenan Allen trade as I, as we mentioned. Yeah, um, he, na- he nailed it. And the other thing I would say I, that I like about Kyle's team, sorry to cut, talk over you, I was very much on the bandwagon with Kyle before the season that Christian Kirk will potentially be the wide receiver number one for. Um, for Jacksonville. And I think he is, it's probably close, but people are like, Oh no, it won't be Christian Kirk. But I think he is. He's definitely, Uh, I I would say it's almost like Calvin Ridley has not been great. Like I I think Christian Kirk's definitely been their wide receiver one. Um, The one thing I worry about with Kyle's team, actually got to give him more credit here. TJ Hawkinson, a great tight end pick that doesn't get enough credit year in, year out. Like, Especially when Kirk Cousins was in the lineup. Well, actually, last week with Dobbs, he was electric. But he Hawkinson is so freaking good, and they target him so much more than you realize in the moment. I will say, I think he's in a scary position here with the Rams wide receivers. Puka was a pickup. That was the best pickup of the year. I think we can say pretty confidently, one of the best. Um yeah, and yeah. The problem is back, they're going to get a lot better, but I also worry that now the Rams suck and Stafford can like I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets hurt again. It's a thumb injury, probably the worst injury a quarterback can have outside of tearing his rotator cuff. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous for that going forward. That being said, when you look at Kyle's lineup this week and then look at who he has on by, he's got plenty of talent to put in the lineup. So 100. percent Year in, year out, he always has one of the most deep stacked teams in the league. He just needs that one year where he gets a break and and everything comes together. Yeah, he always gives himself a chance, and then that chance just never happens. Um, So, but shout out out Kyle for being one of the best, probably the best owner in the league that's never won a championship. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. 
Um, and now let's go to number three. Yeah, number three, um, obvious pick, Randall, um, just a solid team. Uh, Dalton Kincaid also. It, if you have a fine tight end, find a good tight end, you should be happy. Dalton Kincaid has been a really good uh, pickup for the year at tight end. Um, Patrick Mahomes is uh, what probably a lot of people are thinking has been underperforming. Uh, and I really his his team I just think is is really deep. Um, I, so yeah, go ahead. I like Randall's team when I look uh, again. I, I've kind of used this already once, but I like I love it when I stare at the names. It's the fact that you look at Tony Pollard underperforming based on what we thought. Jalen Waddle kind of underperforming on what we thought. Um, and then Devonta Smith has been a big one, very much underperforming because you have the guy that everyone wants in AJ Brown. Um, yeah. I feel like there's, you know, their averages aren't terrible for the year, but those are guys I would have guessed if I stared at this team to start the year, I'm thinking Randall's winning the Luke. You know, that's, that's the, my thought. Yeah. The big, I guess, uh, crux is the Tony Pollard pickup. Um, who Tony Pollard, I think, is the running back, I think, 23, which is crazy because he was being drafted as top five running back. Um, but Tony Pollard can't find the end zone. Tony Pollard's actually having a great season when it comes to yards and everything. He just can't find the end zone. Um, Only two touchdowns, so, I believe, this year. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just, a, I think he's a ticking time bomb, if I'm being completely honest. And so that's okay. what's scary about Randall's team is that he's one of the highest scorers and his uh, top running back can't score. Um, yeah. And so Cowboys are starting to look really good again, and it could just be a matter of time. And that's why I think Randall's team is one of the best for that exact reason of that. Um, the player that's really underperforming is doing well on paper. He just can't find the end zone. Love it. That's a, that's a good, good rationale behind that. And so at number two, I'm guessing you're not going to put yourself and you're going to put David. Oh, that's actually, Connor, you know, it's funny. I actually am going to put David. That's correct. I yeah. uh, <laughs> That is hilarious. I would have never guessed he thought your team was the best. Um, well, I, I have a lot to talk about when it comes to my team, so I think it is the best. Um, David's team is really good, though. Um, it is... He will be very happy that Devon A-Chan is coming back either this week or next, because I honestly think Mostert and A-Chan will be better starts than Derrick Henry. Um, but his team is just strong throughout... Um, he has good depth on most positions. Um, and as long as his quarterback can figure it out, I really do think David's team, aside from other, one other team in the league, is the team to beat. I would agree. I, I think David obviously kind of did the opposite of what I was saying earlier about offenses. He found the Honeywell, which was Miami's offense. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah. ridden those guys, rode those guys to a really which successful is- season. I tried to do last year because I thought Denver was going to be the Miami Dolphins of this year and Denver was not last year. And so I was, I will never do the strategy of just hoarding the team and it has worked very well for David. You know who was really good last year was the Philadelphia Eagles who I have many of and I won a championship. So the strategy the does, uh, does win. Yeah. And so uh, how many teams are left then? Yeah, that would be one. And uh, let's set the stage for Daddy P putting himself at number one in the power rankings. We're all shocked to hear that, I'm sure. Uh, go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Yeah, no, I just uh, – it's hard to say that you're not the best team in the league when you have 
uh, the likes of Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Michael Pittman, who you have to decide if you want to play him every week because Michael Pittman's still a top 20 um, wide receiver. So it is uh, wide receivers galore. I have a top five running back and one of the only running backs that's not on a committee in Josh Jacobs. And I have Kyron Williams, who was running back three on the season before he got hurt, coming back in the next two weeks. Um, so it's hard to say that this team is not the best team in the league if my week, when my weakest point is Trevor Lawrence, who has not been playing well, but quarterbacks are one of the easiest positions to find in the league. Um, so I am just, I think this is, there's not a better team out there than my team. I, I mean, your wide receivers are nuts. Like, that's a, that's a crazy, crazy group you have there. So kudos there. Uh, do I think you're a little on your high horse? I do. I, I told you before, and granted I was wrong in the moment, I'm still going to stick by. I think Kyron Williams is not going to be good when he comes back. I think the Rams yeah, are bad. I think they're going to be playing from behind, and he's not going to be a good player. And I don't think Josh Jacobs, I, I hear you, he's top five points-wise. I think that's going to go poorly for you. I can't lie yet, uh, but I will, will say wait. I think your wide receivers are so good that it might not even fucking matter. Who would you put as like one of the who? Who are your three top defenses in the league? Defenses? Yes. I I think the Jets. Who you have? I see that. Okay. Um, I would say. Are we talking fantasy points or just overall? No, just best defense in the league. Best defense. I'd say Pittsburgh's probably in there still. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna forget someone's. It's not. I don't think Dallas. Maybe. Would you say the 49ers? Oh, maybe? Cleveland. I, I think Cleveland or Baltimore would be in there too. You're not gonna put the 49ers. Um. Well, now that they have now that they have Chase Young, yeah, probably that's that's also okay, fair. great. Because uh, Kyron Williams had 24 points against the uh, 24 fantasy yeah, points. Yeah, but that's that. that's because the 49ers were not actually a good defense for most of the year. You think they're they, well, defense because they have Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, but they actually performance-wise were not. Okay, and then I guess my other counter here is some other things for you. Najee Harris is finally good again, which I don't. No, he's not. Not. He, he had one good week. week. Najee Harris sucks not, ass, and we all know. No, in the Pittsburgh offense, hey, sucks ass, and you know it. And then you're talking about Michael say, Pittman. It's like, yeah, okay, people, Michael Pittman has Gardner Minshew throwing to him, and yes, he's averaging twelve points a week, but it's it's a it's tough for him to get there. And I think there's going to be plenty of weeks he doesn't going forward. Okay. For what it's worth, Najee Harris has scored 13 points and seven and a half points, which isn't great. Then 13 points and 16 and a half points the last four weeks. So Najee Harris could be coming into his own. Will I start him? Probably not. Will I find a waiver wire running back to play over him week in and week out? Probably. But Najee Harris <laughs> is coming into his own. And um, I don't know who the idiot was that dropped Portland Sutton. But Corlin Sutton is also, yeah, he's a top 25 wide receiver and someone just dropped him one week and they dropped yeah. him on an off day. Um, and I got him for free on the waiver wire. Yeah, I was actually confused about that too. It looks like it was Cooper that dropped him. Um, and, and that was after Denver's offense started to get better. So I was kind of confused by that one too. Uh, smart, Cortland smart Sutton move. In, yeah, he scored in every game except two, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, it's a smart move with the golf pickup. I mean, I think that's a reliable because quarterback is your weakest spot. But I also have to give you plenty of credit for Jake Ferguson. He's coming into his own as Dallas's primary tight end. I think Trey McBride also, again, I can always talk highly of my team. I think Trey McBride, who you've probably never heard of, is uh, going to be a league winner by the end of the season. 
uh, with Kyler Murray coming in at quarterback, Trey McBride, people have get, been getting Gronk-type comps to him. Um, okay, he's, he's had he's, two good weeks out of the full season. Well, no, he wasn't the starter for most of the season because of Ertz. Okay, fair and enough. So, fair and, enough. So, and so when Ertz got hurt, they drafted him, I think, in the first three rounds. And so they drafted him like he was going to be the superstar, and then he got no playing time. And then as soon as he started getting playing time, he became a stud, and now Kyler Murray's back. And Trey McBride is the next uh, is the next Gronkowski in the league, and I have him on my team. So, okay, fair enough. I you know I can't argue any further. I, I like the points you're making. Did you think we'd be talking about Trey McBride in this podcast? Probably. Not. You know who he was cannot, five months ago. Yep. I can't tell you. I thought we would talk about Trey McBride, nor did I really know who that was. Um, I I've got to be honest. Uh, so that's where I have to give you credit. You did more work than I did, and that's why your team's uh, looking a lot better than mine is. So, well, it's not though because we're 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 both five and five. So well, I could say all of this and miss the playoffs by three games. That is very true. It's going to be so exciting these next three weeks. I can't wait. I love when the Luke is this close like this. Um, I would love for a six and five around the Luke. Having nine teams six and five, that would just be a dream. I also think you gotta. <laughs> I feel bad. You gotta shout out Ty because he's doing the Lord's work by giving us all the wins we need uh, to keep it this. <laughs> like usually, there'd be like two or three teams at like three and you know three and six, three and seven. Ty just went ahead and wore all those losses for us so that we could have such a close race. Um, so another shout out to Ty on that one. Okay. okay. Paul, also, okay. wait, and sorry. I just want to say this quick. I'm looking at it. Jack hasn't set his lineup, and I bet it will be different. Um, if everything goes as what the projections are on the ESPN app, everyone that um, is projected to win is the team that has less wins. So I am really, really shooting for this full league six and five record. Six and five all the way around would be. The best thing ever. I mean, so you be- have to you have to beat David. You have to beat David. Cooper has to beat John. Um, Derek has to beat Randall, and uh, Jack has to beat Kyle. Um, and that will be make everyone. Oh, you didn't mention you have to beat Tyler. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that one. But that one is just like again, it's like the air that we breathe. <laughs> would you call it a guarantee? No. I actually don't want to trap Sorry, I'm, scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. All righty. Uh, Paul, I know you probably, we went far longer than I promised. I know, sorry. No, no, it's my fault, but I, this has been electric. I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the pod. Real quick, if you, do I even ask you, who's your champion? Uh, who do I think is going to win? Is that what you're asking? That's what I'm asking. All right, so that is a great question, Connor. Um, and I, it may be a surprise to you because I think a lot of people are just assuming the name that I'm going to pick, but, um, I really do think the team that's going to win this year will be myself and I will be <laughs> crowned as one of the few two-time Luke champions in the this league. This will be your first championship, which is really exciting for all of us. Like, well, what's, what's going to be nice is yeah. we finally have another guy, you know, me obviously getting off the Schneid last year, finally a year off the, the Schneid as well. Um, so it'll be nice for you to join the ranks of the Luga Leafs with the rest of us. Yeah, I'm excited for the narrative to change to does Paul have a championship to does Paul have multiple championships? Um, because 
I am fine with the argument of does Paul have multiple championships, which I will have two by the end of the season. But um, it'll just change one. the narrative. If you want. I have one. I do have a championship. You, you have um, I currently have one championship in which I had one of the best records in Luke history when 11 and one. You made zero transactions and Joey drafted your team. Um, okay, it's, so last topic, transactions. I, last topic I want to talk about here. Uh, speaking of transactions, give us your thoughts on Damon Milwaukee. Obviously not having his best season. Does that make your heart happy that we made the right move potentially or sad that it's not we might be starting to see the decline. It's early in the season. I get that. It is but, early in the season. Do you recall a pre- it's just it's hard. This is what's hard for my wife in marriage too, if you guys need marriage advice. It's hard. It's hard being always right. Yes, that's it. exactly what I knew you were gonna say. <laughs> and um and lots of arguments stem from it because it's just I I know I'm right. I said in a podcast before the season. Is it fair to say the Damian Lillard comparisons are similar to the Russell Wilson comparisons? And I think we're seeing a little bit of that. I'm not saying he's going to have as bad of a season as Russell Wilson. He's had a better season than Russell Wilson had last year for the Broncos. But I am looking at a lot of lists that people are making of top 25 NBA players, and he's usually one of the fringe players on that list, which is um, something that we never thought from Dame. And it makes me, it really does make me wonder if we would have traded him sooner when he was quote unquote more in his prime. Would this just be how people looked at him or really was he, could he have been the guy on a better team? I just don't know if that was ever him. I, uh, I think there's about five guys that can bring you to a championship every, every year in the NBA. And I don't just don't know if that was him. And I hate trash talking him. I'm, I'm not trash talking him. I think he's a great player. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time. I uh, have some great memories with him and, and I am seeing that maybe he isn't the guy that we thought he was maybe. I, yeah. That's a, that's a, that last quote is a little tough for me because it's also, you have to consider the age, you know, like he is an under six foot four point guard going into year 34 or age 34, 33, 34, which historically is when you see those point guards decline so to say, is was Steph, he ever? Steph is doing great, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but Steph's older. Steph is a revolutionary player. Like Steph is in the pantheon of you know great NBA players, and I think we can agree, Dame is incredible, but not Steph is a whole nother notch above any point guard we've seen in our lifetime, personally. Like, yeah, but you, would, the, I think would the, we the have... best point guard of all time is literally Magic Johnson or Steph Curry. You know. I know, but there was a time where us as Blazer fans, being the unrealistic people we were, we were like, hey, Dame needs to be in this conversation. His team's just not as good. And I think Right. And I just and I just think now that our blinders are off. Our blinders are off. I agree. Uh, So I I think this season's been bad enough though to say this is not who we had. You know, like I this is he's really underperforming. I don't think this is who he's always been, in my no, opinion. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But Right. Um, I think if you put him with Giannis three years ago, we're talking a whole different ballgame. I just feel like the system – and I, I got to say, the Adrian Griffin thing is the why did they not get Nick Nurse? I mean, it was yep. such an easy choice. Uh, hindsight, obviously, 2020. But then when Terry left, 
Terry's like the most agreeable guy, it feels like, in the coaching ranks. And for a head coach to piss someone off so bad, he actually just quits before the yes. season. That's rough. Yep. So I'm not I'm not saying Dame's uh, being held back by all that. I just think those are all kind of factors. All great yeah. points. And, and I would love to talk to you more about the Blazers this season. I just can't because, um, and I'll publicly say it. I hope they, I hope the internet services hear me. It's they make it impossible for us to watch Blazer games. All we want is to be able to watch Blazers on our streaming networks, and we the can't. Worst TV deal of all time, and I can't tell you how much it pisses me off. Like, yeah, the fact that the only way to watch it is to sign up for not just Xfinity now, Xfinity Plus, because Root Sports right. went to the Plus tier, and right. it's just it's. It gets me so damn angry. Um, but that being said, we'll find a way. We'll, we'll persevere. Hopefully that deals up soon. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it okay. up there, Paul. Thank you, thank you so much. You provided great content for the Luke, as always. I know everyone's going to love listening to this, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of reactions. Uh, tell Hannah and Bear. I said hello and that Baloo gloves them like they're our own child and we can't wait for baby number two. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. See you, Paul. Great job. Bye. All right. And now joining the second half of the pod, a man who needs no introduction, the one, the only, D. Rock Sanger. Derek, how you doing this fine Friday? What's good, fam? I am doing fantastic. It was a long week, but I'm happy we finally got here to Friday. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to go off a little on fantasy football. It's much needed. That's what I like to hear. And we know you're putting in those hours because for those of you who don't know, Derek was K2's employee of the month very recently. So uh, yeah. Kind of keeping yeah. the company afloat right now is how I'm viewing it. I mean, I wouldn't really say that, but um, <laughs> I'm happy my hard work uh, is getting noticed. So that's it's always right. a good feeling taking home a trophy. So, yeah. Right. Well, and maybe that. this year you'll take home another one. In the, oh, in the God. Game. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. No, very well deserved. And we're happy to have you on. Uh, we'll jump right into it because I know we are trying to sneak this in during the workday. Um, wanted to start by asking you a, a question I asked Paula as well in the first half of the podcast. Is there something within the NFL season or the Luke season that's been, you know, shocking to you that you wouldn't have expected? Any trends or anything? It, again, it can just be NFL related. Doesn't have to be fantasy or vice versa. Um. Well, I'd say number one is just all these injuries this year, especially yeah. not like just the injuries, like the injuries to key players. Um. Is that Thursday night game last night was rough. Oh dude. my and god! Obviously, I have Burrow, so that sucked. But it that was like was every four plays, someone was going out. Yeah, yeah, that was the cherry on. And then, luckily, Lamar was able to bounce back. But holy shit, Burrow and Andrews. Right. And yeah, that sucks. Odell. Hopefully, it's not as bad as he made it look when he tried to throw oh that. Oh my god. Ball. I got to say, I think the season might be done because that looked horrendous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard they're doing some sort of investigation, too, as to why he wasn't on the injury report before the game. I don't yeah. know. If you know that. No, I saw that. And, you know, that's funny. I wasn't, like, mad about it or anything. But I am like, well, hey, for less so fantasy. But, yes, I'm a little pissed. I'm going to use that as an excuse for why uh, I started him. It would have been nice yeah, to know well, he had a sprained wrist. But and then yeah. also the thing I was more curious about is like, what about gambling? 
Like that's a big deal if your star quarterback isn't listed on an injury report and you're gambling on. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that to be honest. Yeah, Holy like shit. that swings a lot of bets, I feel like. Yeah. And and sure, you know, like maybe people have more inside information who actually have a significant amount of money, but just for the common better, that's something I would have liked to know, you know, before yeah. before thinking the uh Bengals money line was a good bet. Oh yeah. Granted, I, I only lost three dollars, but uh it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had five dollars on Mark Andrews first touchdown. Yeah, so you got I mean that one actually that was just bad luck. But yeah, I know, I know. But I guess he would have regardless, he got tackled at like the three yard line and then Gus Edwards ran it in. So I guess it wouldn't have happened anyways. But right, you know. right. And who knows? He could have broke the tackle. That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, one more shocking thing that I want to get your opinion on is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the worst good yes. team I've ever seen in my life. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> they're six no and sense. three, dude. They should be like two and it's it's i know i know it's the weirdest season it's hard to follow but at the end of the day i'm satisfied it's crazy i mean the um afc north as a whole i i guess the Bengals did i did go down last night but like people were saying all four teams could make the playoffs i mean yeah. if burrow if burrow is hurt for the rest of the year that's i think the afc north is clearly the best division in football maybe doesn't yeah. have like the best team the Ravens. the weirdest Ravens, teams like the yeah. browns are weird the bank are good yeah i know it's yeah yeah it's a weird division but i'm happy for my Steelers. that's Six right dude great start do you feel like you are waning on kenny pickett at all at quarterback or how do you feel about like the offense specifically because I think the defense is solidified as one of the best in the NFL yeah 100% it's only because of the defense why we're in this position I was a believer in Kenny Pickett when we drafted him I even thought at the beginning of this year the preseason he lit it up dude (laughs) I know I know yeah it's but that just goes to show preseason doesn't mean shit yeah Um, fair fair and (laughs) Yeah, and starting to get to the point where, I don't know, I'm not a believer in Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Run, so. Well, and he's so, he's so weird because from literally the full game, he will kind of suck. But then when you need to score at the last three minutes, yeah. he turns into Joe Montana. Totally, like, I, know, just, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't understand I the magic of like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like the whole game. I'm with you. And speaking of uh, interesting seasons and, and sucking for most of it, I wanted to talk to you about Tyler's season. We we did a big segment oh. with Paul on this, but as the only person in the loop to ever go zero and 12, I believe. Okay, yeah. Uh, despite trying or not, you do own the claim as worst season in Luke history as of now. Do you think I Tyler's do. making a run for your money? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand that it's on paper that I was 0-13 or whatever. Um, but you know, deep down I know I was just kind We're of giving it your all that year. shit that year. Yeah. And I, I I know if I did actually like pay attention, I would have at least squeezed in a couple wins. So we'll see what Tyler's able to do these last couple weeks. Um, but honestly. I just feel bad for the kid. It's just it's so unlucky. I mean, I didn't, so... 
I didn't go back in. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I was like probably dead last in points for that year, especially means I wasn't playing like filling up my roster. So yeah, but it, it's just, the closest like, we've ever come to kicking a Luke member out of the league. So I, I think you are safe in saying you probably were last in points for because yeah, yeah, yeah. you played like four guys a week. Yeah. But with that being said, just like Tyler's points for this year, it makes no sense why he's one and nine. It, it, just, it I, I didn't think it was possible. It's and, one of the worst luck seasons I've ever. Yeah. And, and just the fact that it's been nine losses in a row, like he, <laughs> he won the very first week. Everyone thought his like his team looked so good. I remember thinking that we rated him really high. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, damn, like Dak me off is looking sexy this year. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, like I don't know. It's just the fantasy gods were not on his side this year. I guess. And I was telling Paul uh in the first half of the pod, it's almost hard to lose nine games in a row. And yeah. I don't even blame Tyler. Like it's you'd think you'd just get one lucky week and it just continues to spiral like Every time he plays a team like my team that doesn't score any points, we pop off. And totally. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember him saying that, that about Kyle. That was crazy because back to back weeks. Yeah. 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 God damn. Poor, Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's focus in here. Paul did the power rankings, but I do want to talk with you about your season because you were another guy early on in the season that we thought. Uh, had a really good chance to win the division and were looking really strong. You've kind of hit. I would say some struggles as of late, but we do need to commend you on your pick of Christian McCaffrey first overall, because I think the consensus was it was going to be Justin Jefferson and Let's you, go. Yeah, and you absolutely nailed it. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm really happy too, because <laughs> especially, okay. So, I mean, I, I kind of regretted it right after, especially after week one, because JJ looks so fucking good. I mean, McCaffrey did look good, but it looked like, JJ was just going to average like 25 a game. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I hate to see the injury with Justin Jefferson happen, but I mean, it does make you feel better about your pick, I, though. <laughs> yeah. Obviously the first thought that came to mind was thank fucking God. Yeah. Exactly. Now I'm going to knock on wood because watch Christian McCaffrey get hurt now. Um, no, don't, but, don't even put that out. The yeah. I shouldn't have but... said that. But uh, he's literally saved my season. Like, if, if I didn't have McCaffrey, I would be dead last. Like, that's that's likely true. One thing that didn't help you out as well was your trade with Kyle, which, as a reminder, was Brandon Ayuk and Keenan oh, Allen Jesus. for Chris Olave. Um, oh, how have you felt since that trade? I mean, I, in the moment, yes, I thought you gave up a little too much, but I wasn't. I made fun of you for drafting Keenan Allen during the draft, and he's just been absolutely fantastic this yeah. year so I, I can't blame you too much for making that trade because it was very early in the season as well yeah. um how has it been watching both of those guys be you know pretty consistent fantasy producers while I believe Chris Olave's been decent just not superstar level Olave's finally starting to figure it out he looked really good last week okay so I think he'll yep. actually benefit if Jameis Winston plays. I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, oh one, yeah, oh one hundred percent. Jameis was going after him every single throw. So, yeah, I, I really hope Derek Carr is just a piece of shit, bro. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, I don't understand how he's still in the league. I 
And I don't know why I was so intrigued to trade for Olave when Derek Carr was throwing in the fucking ball. Um, <laughs> but I think like I was kind of looking back. I'm like, damn, like after week one, Olave kind of looked like he had that Devonte Adams, Derek Carr connection. And right. I'm like, I-, I could use this like just a consistent 15, 20 points a game. Um, I felt like my team was already pretty deep. Like I felt like I had a really good bench so I could afford giving away Ayuk and Keenan Allen. This was obviously at the time I was just, I I even thought to myself, I'm like, if Keenan Allen stays healthy, I lose this trade. Um, That's how confident I was with Keenan Allen getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Once I saw Mike Williams get hurt, I'm like, fuck, okay. So I guess it's Mike Williams' year. Next year is going to be Keenan Allen. It absolutely will be. Switch off every year getting hurt. I, um, that, that rationale does make a ton of sense to me. Like, Keenan Allen, this is an anomaly that he's able to play most all the games so far. As yeah. have, I've had him a couple times, and like you said, it's usually just a hamstring, and then he's out yeah. five weeks, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and and not only is he playing, but he's the clear number one option. Yeah, because I've had him in the past too. Got hurt. I remember he even started off like as a top four receiver for me when I had him a few years ago, a few years back, and then he got hurt, and sure enough, just turned into shit. So yeah, fades into oblivion there. Yeah. So I don't know. It was. How are you feeling about your prospects for the playoffs? Because I think you sit at five and five. Most of us sit at five and five, six and four, thanks to Tyler giving us wins. Um, do you feel confident that you're going to be able to sneak into the playoffs? Or so here's where are I'm you starting at. to think about consolation bets? I, f- I felt kind of iffy at the beginning of the year. Um, but at the same time, I was somehow winning. Uh, so obviously, yeah, I went through a few more trades with Randall. Um, I definitely think I ended up winning that trade because James Carter went on IR the next day. It's <laughs> a good move. Good move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I feel like my team looks so much better now than it did. But I, and I'm scoring. Like I'm backing that up. I'm scoring more points. I think these last three weeks, I'm the only team to score 99 plus um, in all three weeks. So I actually looked that up. <laughs> no, that's a great stat. I, yeah, I love but, it. But it's funny because Tyler scored 98.5, one of those. Weeks. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I said 99. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, but the problem is I'm losing now. Like I, I was winning at the beginning of the year when I wasn't scoring a lot. And now I'm scoring at least more and fucking losing. So um. Yeah, I, I'm happy. I still have a chance. I I do feel really good about my team. I I very dependent on Kyler Murray, uh, proven who he is. I I heard a lot of things, um, just through like Cardinals social media. But I mean, obviously they're gonna hype up their quarterback. But it just sounds like he wants to prove something. He wants to prove yeah. who he is. His his uh, name's definitely been dragged through the mud, and I feel like you could see even last week. Yes, they won, and it was a pretty ugly game, but he they are a much better team with him playing, obviously. Yeah. And he, I think we've all, me, I'll speak for myself, I forgot, hey, he's still talented. Even though I don't personally love him as a quarterback, I think he's 
got a lot more talent than I maybe was giving him credit for while he was on the sidelines injured. Yeah. And yeah. fantasy wise, you can't discredit someone who exactly. can run. a quarterback that can run and throw is always yeah, very, very dangerous. Him and Fields on my team. So yeah, I'm not as hyped about Fields to be honest. I know because he, he can run, but I don't know if he can throw. <laughs> See if Fields actually like he had so much hype at the beginning of the year. I got a I thought I got a steal in the draft. And um yeah, that injury I mean, he just started off like shit. Yeah, and then not I mean missing so much time. That's yeah. that's really tough when you're yeah. relying on a guy on a bad team on top of it because they're not gonna rush him back. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I should have remembered how fucking terrible Chicago was. <laughs> well, no, I mean it was like you said, it was a good pick in yeah. the moment. And last year, even though they sucked, he was producing fantasy wise. So I don't think uh exactly. you can blame for trying to take the risk on him. It's just unlucky that he got injured for so much of the season. Um, yeah, there's one thing you know that we have to talk about here, and huh. it's it's the monster in the closet, and his name's Daddy P. Oh, fuck. Uh, he's uh, scored another win against you this season, I believe, bringing his record to either 12, 13, or 14. And yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> how, how do you feel about the record? We've read your text, obviously, it's probably the worst guy to be defeated by um each season and he made a great point in the first part of the podcast that even if you guys split going forward it would take you about 26 years to catch up record wise Jesus, um, <laughs> do you feel like that is bad fantasy luck or does he sincerely have a dominance over you that we don't re- understand as the remaining eight owners okay Jesus. it's terrible fantasy luck and it would make no sense because it's fucking fantasy football. You just play someone new each week, totally random. It it's gotten to the point where like, holy fuck, is there like <laughs> a kink in the system? Like, <laughs> how how is he? How is this happening? Like, is he looking ahead at the schedules? I, I don't. So you you like, you've gone to conspiracy theory level stress yeah. about this. Like at first, yeah, it was obviously luck. It, it is still, but what the fuck, man? <laughs> it makes no sense. It like, of course, it like, truly doesn't. Out, he he scored like seventy points the week after, and I scored one thirty. And what the fuck? <laughs> In the back, the, the timing is just so bad. I mean, I have five wins this year. If I would have played him one of those weeks, I mean, yeah, maybe like we would need to look at the points, but. God damn, it's just, it's really unfortunate. Like you said, it's, everyone can agree. This is the worst person <laughs> to be fucking owned by. Like, yeah. I, I can't even say anything. No, like, I mean, you, you truly can't. Like, there's nothing I, you can do about it. Literally nothing. Like, I'll just say something and sure enough, he's coming back with the record. And I'm just <laughs> like, why am I even wasting my time? Yeah. I, I knew, I turned my notifications off right after that monday night game i i thought i honestly thought like because if anything it was gonna happen in like uh uh crucial uh, like it was gonna be a, like a last minute win for me coming down to monday night right. that's just like how it works like getting my first win off him um but so like i think it was laporta and stafford laporta caught a touchdown or not stafford laporta caught a touchdown from Goff. And I started both of them right at, 
right before halftime is when they scored. I was like, holy shit. Like, this I think might happen. Magical is, yeah. But then they fucking did nothing in the second half. And I'm like, oh, my Jesus Christ. Do you feel like you just need that first win or are you worried about catching up overall record wise? Like, do you feel like this is something where you just need the one and then you feel. Yeah. Better, I just want this you know, one win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to just like, that one. Just, one, just to make one sure there's not a time. zero there. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'm not doing that fucking in 26 years bullshit. Like he was saying, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the the I, narrative dies once you get a win is kind of how you're feeling about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all I fucking want is just one win against. And the fact that you guys were obviously neighbors growing up, it could not be a better storyline. I know. I'm sorry. You're on that side of it, but man, yeah. for the rest of us, it is absolutely electric to watch. Oh, I'm and sure out. it is. <laughs> and so to it add insult to injury, too. Paul in the power rankings in the first part of the podcast put you at last behind Tyler. Yeah, uh, that's fucking comments? bullshit. <laughs> that's that's, that's bullshit. No, okay, that's obviously bias. Because, yes, Paul and I kind of have a little rivalry, um, even though it's not really a rivalry. But, Paul, no, 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 no. You cannot rank me last, bro. Like, look at my team. It looks so much better than it did at the beginning of the year. I got three running backs in the top 14. One of them happens to be Christian fucking McCaffrey. I got three receivers in the top 20, 12, 19, 15. I got the number five tight end. Like, we are chilling. My team is looking sexy right now. I don't get how you can rank me last, especially after the fact I said I've had the most number of points. <laughs> or not Oh, not combined the last Average the most over the last three Yeah, 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 yeah. So fuck you, Paul. <laughs> I was actually gonna like say some good things about your team, but like, well, this will shock you as well. He ranked himself first. Well, okay, yeah, and then I know this is fucking rigged. (laughs) At that point, you just discredit the rankings as a whole. Yeah, I'm not even gonna get too mad then that he ranked (laughs) last, even though I did just go on a little tantrum. But (laughs) (laughs) no, we we, the pod loves it. We wanted the tantrum. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay, to wrap it up here, I uh, get you off to your next meeting. I did want to ask you quickly, uh, I asked Paul this as well, but your thoughts on the Dame trade with a little time to, you know, retrospective look at it. Dame obviously has not been performing incredibly with Milwaukee. Uh, he had a great game last night at, I think, 38 points with Giannis out of the lineup. Um, yeah. Do you feel better about the trade? Do you feel like, Dame's still trying to figure out Milwaukee and that will actually still sting once it once he does hit his stride. Kind of where's your thought process on where the Blazers are at and what Dame's been doing this year? Um, it's kind of all over the place, to be honest. I mean, I'm was right off the get-go, super hyped that Dame made it over to a good team. Right. I do think it's gonna take some time getting used to playing with obviously a soup, another superstar. Um, so I, I do think that's why he's, he, he's not just really, an adjustment period. More yeah. Than and I think the games that we have seen him play really well is when Giannis was out. So, you know, he's still got that dog in him. He, he just needs to adjust to the people around him. Um, 
I gotta say, I went to a Blazer game last night, and I'm or on Wednesday, and I'm going again tonight. They, oh, no. this is they are so terrible. I know, like we are a horrendous basketball. I team. know, and I did you, which think- is the point? Which is the point? Like we're supposed to be bad. Yeah, but exactly. It's exactly. just tough when Scoot's not playing to to be like excited about Blazer basketball. We need him to at least be out there so we can watch him yeah. develop throughout the year. Yeah. And honest, also, uh, I'm sure you were you watched our first game. Oh yeah, debut. Um, yeah, didn't look too good. But then again, yeah. that's like that's reality. It's his first game. He's fucking 19 or 20. I, I think for us, we're just so used to watching our like like uh, first pick rookies. I mean, I'm just I, I'm trying to. Like, no, you're right. No, no, you're right. Like I'm going we, back we to like Dame and Brandon. Dame Roman. set a tone. Yeah, a tone of like, hey, when I arrive, they we were might just, not be a great team, but I'm good. You can. Yeah, they me. were just ready to go from the start. So yeah. we're just not used to seeing someone like this, where it is going to take some time for them. I know. That's a great point. I feel like expectations are, okay, Dame left. You don't have to be Dame, but you better look like he did rookie year at least. Yeah. In a different way. Uh, I think – I wonder if that's something I doubt gets in Scoot Henderson's head whatsoever. But I've been also curious to see when he gets back. Like, he settled for a lot of threes when his whole billing was more of the, like, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose style of play. So I'm hoping when he gets back, he starts attacking the rim a little more. And we, yeah. as fans, we'll start seeing like, oh, yeah, that's why he was clearly the number two pick. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's uh, it's just weird when the Blazers are just really irrelevant. I, I don't know. Yeah, it does. Like, I think John Fishback would probably support this point the most. But it's like, man, maybe even being that six through ten seed, yes, it's the worst spot to be in the NBA, but. At least as a fan, you're watching something interesting. Like yeah. this year, oh, totally. it's like tough to watch the games. Yeah, this year. yeah, I know. Like I lose, exactly. I, I get bored almost because I'm like, we're so terrible. Why am yeah. I wasting time watching this? Yeah, um, and then just no Anthony and Robin Williams. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just we don't even have the full roster, and it's not like we'd be good downhill. anyway. But it feels yeah. like those last two seasons where we tanked the second half of the year and we're just throwing out like G League players. It it feels very similar. Yeah, I know. It's tough, but we're in it together. We still, yep, exactly. We stay passionate. We stay, uh, we stay with Rip City. So exactly, exactly. All righty, D saying we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining in. I'm excited for everyone to hear the uh, contrast between your opinions and Paul's opinions. I think that's going to be electric as always. We'll try to get you guys on the pod together at a, Uh, point in time to wrap up the season but good luck the rest of the way in the loop and uh, go Steelers hell yeah Kamish thank you so much for having (laughs) me it was a pleasure and I'm excited to hear what Paul had to say I don't know if you should be scared oh god okay (laughs) all righty peace out peace out you play to win the game hello you play to win the game Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.